Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1064. Um, as always, I hope you're safe and healthy and staying home and keeping occupied and distracted. God damn it, if my Animal Crossing island isn't in tip top shape. I mean, I am so on it. I just completed my, uh, I'm getting my final house renovation tomorrow. I'm going to add a basement. Oh, things are looking great on my island at Animal Crossing. And I'm okay with that. The countless hours that Lydia and I have spent playing Animal Crossing with ourselves and our friends. We we networked the other night through the, the Nintendo Switch app with a handful of people. And it was really fun. Like, it, it felt like hanging out. We all went to one person's island and explored and traded stuff. And uh, so it has been a really fun way to connect with people at a time where you can't connect with people, IRL. So um, I hope you're... Uh, I hope you're doing okay. I really, really, really do. Thank you for listening to this. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. We will continue to post lots more, lots more podcasts coming up too. So plenty of content to jam in your ears and distract your brain. Um, let's talk about you, the ID10T community events at ID10T.com if you would like me to promote your thing. The, this this thing is from Dan Lewisell, who says, I'm a world-touring dueling piano player from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I love all of that. I actually like Grand Rapids, Michigan. I've been there. I believe I performed there, actually. And uh, the dueling piano thing is spectacular. In uh, when, I, when I perform in Dallas, when in Addison, actually, the Addison Improv, literally across the hallway from the Addison Improv, is a dueling piano bar. So uh, when I go out and when I went out to meet people after the show, you know, you can hear people playing dueling pianos inside. Dueling piano players are fucking amazing. I mean, that's I mean, to be that good, but then also play off another person. Oh, so good. And so expertly timed, Dan Lewisell, because in this episode of the podcast, we talk about piano because this week's guest is an excellent piano player. But we'll get to that. So Dan goes on to say, since I can't tour or play clubs, I've been live streaming piano bar styled request shows three times a week. Viewers have been great about sending feedback, saying things um, like it gives them something to look forward to, that sort of thing. He says, I thought the ID10T audience might enjoy it. Thanks to my computer special effects, I stream from cool places like Quark's Bar and Inside the TARDIS. I also play clips that people send me of uh, singing along with the show, playing instruments, or just general messages of positivity. The show is full of music, comedy, positivity, and friendship. You can find it every Wednesday at 6 and Fridays and Saturdays at 7. Those are all Eastern Standard Times, and I assume in the PM. Because um, it'd be weird to, to play uh, doing piano stuff at 6 and 7 in the morning. Although no one else is doing that, so maybe you'd corner that morning piano market. I mean, that is an underserviced demographic, Dan Lewisell. Uh, anyway, it is streaming on Dan's page on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash dan.lewisell, L-O-U-I-S-E-L-L. So uh, there you go. Thanks, Dan. Events at ID10T.com if you would like your thing promoted. So this episode is Alexandra Daddario. We did this uh, via video conferencing, and she was great. We'd actually never met before, and just such a cool person to have an hour-long, like hour and 15-minute-long conversation with. So funny and such a talented actor. We talk quite a bit about piano because she's a really good piano player and I'm learning 
And uh, I believe she's now starting to post piano stuff and stream piano stuff on her Instagram account, which is Alexandra Daddario. There are so many people following her. You probably are already following her <laughs> on Instagram, but she's a good follow, just a really, really good content. And she and her roommates have been making a lot of fun stuff to get through the, the quarantine. So just a couple of notes about this episode. This was recorded March 31st. Today is April 29th. So with um, now a month, well, like, so there's stuff. The reason I'm telling you this is because there are parts of the conversation where we're talking about the quarantine as though it has just kind of begun. And uh, so that should just give you some context about about that. We talk about she's a big Rick and Morty fan. We did not know when Rick and Morty was coming back at this point. Uh, But now I believe, I'm looking it up now, but I believe it's May 3rd. If I'm not mistaken, Rick and Morty returns May 3rd. Yeah, so there you go. We didn't know that. Now you know that too, if you didn't already. Um... We uh, talk about, I was talking about stand-up tour dates, not really knowing, you know, that I had some in the fall. I'm fairly certain at this point that those fall dates are probably going to get shifted to 2021. I know, crazy, right? Uh, But that's just the state of the world. Um, In any case, uh, Alexandra is in a really, really fun movie, a great movie that Lydia and I watched the other night, which she is in, and I believe also a producer of, called We Summon the Darkness, which is sort of like a comedy horror movie uh she's in it johnny knoxville's in it it's a it's really just watch it i don't want to give too much away uh but you should just watch it it's on vod right now and um thank you to alexander daddario for being a superb guest via video conferencing and uh so let's just get into the episode which is number 1064 with alexander daddario and again stay safe stay healthy and now let us Roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol. Quarantine going? Oh, it's great! <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. No, I mean, look, it's like it's so weird because um, you know everyone wants to do something, but the best thing to do is to do nothing. So that's what we're doing, and we're doing it effectively. Yeah, that uh, is really interesting because we we. I mean, I don't know if there's some sort of reset that's going to happen after all this like resetting our priorities or resetting what we put our value into, but being a culture that definitely has um, rewarded and commodified, like work, 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 do, 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 do. And now we're being forced to just sit around. I mean, I, I don't know. I hope maybe we'll come out of this with some healthier balance. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I, sure. I mean, I would love that. I think we, I think that there's, there's been a lot of talk about, well, what does this mean? What can we learn from this? Um, and then part of me thinks, oh, people are all the same, but I mean, it's certainly going to reshape the world in a way that, um, is going to change the way we interact. Um, and you know, maybe we did need a, I I mean, look, no one needs this. This is not a positive 
experience for anybody. Um, but it's all about finding, finding as much positivity as you can in a shitty situation. So yeah, I mean, if it's going to make us stop and think and hopefully get closer, I I hope that that's the case. Um, Yeah. Right now. And we're so, this is so, we're so early into this. I think it's, we're not even really fully adjusted to what life is going to be like, at least for the next couple of months. Um, You're right. It is. It is. I mean, uh, of course, like I, I certainly never I, I'm always careful how I talk about it because I don't want anyone to think like I'm saying, isn't this great that we're all. No, of course, it's horrible. But it, but, you know, what can we do? What can we take out of it? And what can we do out of it? And um, I mean, the idea that we are legitimately being forced to live in the present every day because we have no idea what yeah. we're going to wake up to tomorrow is you know, I, I wouldn't have preferred to be forced to live in the present in this way, but if we can learn to do that out of this, then, you know, that at least we can try to take something from it. Sure. I mean, yes, we, we should try to learn to take something. I think that the more, the more serious side of it is there are people who really are really scared. And, and, you know, I think I feel really lucky. I have two people that I live with who I, you know, there's some people that are alone and there's some people that I'm sure are more worried about bills. And, and, um, I think that that should mobilize us all to figure out what does the world look like now? What should we be doing to help, um, the people that need it? And, you know, that's just going to evolve as time goes on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely trying, we're trying to be easy on ourselves. I live with two girls, um, two friends of mine and we're trying to not be hard on ourselves. Like our first inclination was to write everything down that we should be doing, learn this on the piano, do this short film, do write this script, read this book, that whole thing. And yeah. you can do a little bit of that, but the, what we eventually, well, it's only been a couple of weeks, but we've sort of come to this conclusion not to be hard on ourselves and just take it easy and not try to put pressure on ourselves. And, um, exactly like you're saying, live in the moment. And if that just means you're having a bad day and you need to cry or stay in bed, that's okay. Like some people are really going through that. Um, so people are having different reactions to it, but I think it will evolve over time. Yeah. And also, I mean, at all times in history for something like this to to happen, the fact that we're, you know, in this sort of technology wonderland where people can still connect in some way, you know, I just really hope that people, you know, like you said, that whatever people need to do to feel okay, that they don't forget to connect. Because when you're isolated, it can be so easy to just go fuck everything and then really shut off from the world. And, you know, so I, I keep trying to remind people like stay connected, keep t- talk to people. If you need to, you have the internet, you have the ability to reach out. Like don't, don't just don't mentally self-isolate. I mean, can you imagine if we didn't have the internet, this would look completely different on a number of different scales. I think it would just be, it's, it's, it's such an incredible thing that we can all continue to connect and reach out to people and look at each other while we speak. I mean, I, I think that, <laughs> that makes such a huge difference for just being able to see my mother and talk to her, even if yes. I'm not with her. it's not the best situation, but it's, you know, it's, it's really incredible. Um, so I don't know what this would have looked like if it had been 20 years ago. Yeah, it would have been, I mean, it's, I have, I have no idea. We'd be talking on the phone. It would just be a lot of people talking on their corded phones right. and, and and faxing each other, I guess. I don't know. Now, 
the idea that we've adapted so much to like, we're doing a podcast via this. People are, you know, companies are doing all these Zoom meetings. Lectures are doing these crazy Zoom lectures. Um, You know, I'm hoping that as we adapt, I... I'm just hoping, I just keep thinking that day when I can just, we can all just kind of go out. It's like rub the sleep out of our eyes and go out and like see each other at a cafe and how nice everyone's going to be that day. Or, hey, let me get your breakfast. No, it's nice to see, you know, high fives, you know, I, I, I'm, I keep kind of holding that in that that's, that's what's, you know, in the not too distant future. Yes. Yeah, I mean, when we finally, I was reading an article about, I think they're relaxing some of the social distancing in China, in Wuhan, and people, it's it's actually difficult to get people to go out from the article that, what the article was saying, um, which is interesting, because I think people will be hesitant to have the same kind of interaction that we used to have. I have. It'll be, I think it'll be a really... Um, it's not going to be at least my first inclination, even when everything seems like it's back to normal to immediately go out and be in a bar and start um, hugging people. Yeah, no, I know. Me too. Not that I'm at a lot of bars anyway, because I gave those days up a long time ago, but I think hey, me too. High five, high five, high five. Yeah, high five mostly, out of, <laughs> mostly out of just, I go to bed too early now. Um, but <laughs> I think I just think it's really going to change. I think it's going to be. I think the way our brains work. I think that it'll change the way our brains work. And um, and yeah, it's so you know, socializing will be. It already is. I mean, it's completely different. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, I I have stand up dates in the fall that I am kind of thinking like, well, even in September, are people going to want to chunk together in a group of like 500 or a thousand people. I have no idea if they're going to feel, if it's going to be, if they're going to be so cooped up that they can't wait to do that. Or they're going to be like, you know, I don't feel. Right. And then the other side of it is because I have no idea how this is all going to play out. Is it irresponsible to expect people to come out in groups to get like, is it more socially responsible to be like, you know, let's just put all these off until we are a hundred percent sure that everything is good, but we don't, we just won't know what September looks like. We don't know what next week looks like. So, you Um, know. Yeah. And that's what this article I was reading was saying. It was saying that, you know, they want people to go out and spend money and support businesses and get the economy back up and running, but people are, are hesitant. Um, So there's the, there's the aspect of, okay, we need to help our communities and we need to help our country and actually go out and socialize when this is all over, when the government says it's safe. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that that will be something that people will be comfortable with. Um, it's, it's just, it's just wild. It's, 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 um, it's going to be really uh, something to watch how this all sort of develops over the next year. I know my wife and I are like you that we like, I don't drink and my wife doesn't drink and we're not big go out people. So yeah. staying at home for us is not any bit we often opt to stay at home and we oh, often sort of, too. Oh, me too. <laughs> if we have to go to stuff, it's like, ah, oh, we got to get ready and we got to, okay, we got to, oh, all right. You know, so we, I, I feel very fortunate that we, this isn't a huge break in what our patterns were anyway. So that, that part of the adjustment hasn't been, been too severe, but I wonder for people who just like their only way to socialize was to go out every night, you know, like yeah. it must be, must be crazy. Yeah. Or if you're a young person or, you know, I think one of the, 
one of the things I've noticed from friends of mine, um, and this isn't dealing with the more severe repercussions because there's obviously people having really serious issues and financial issues and losing their job and it's really serious, but just as far as the social um, aspect of it, people who are single, who are dating or people in their early mid twenties who haven't really, or, or, you know, you know, my age in the thirties, it's like, it's, 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 it's a hard time to be alone or to be single, I think, and you can't date. Um, so you're sort of doing FaceTime dates, but no one can really meet up uh, in person. And, um, I think that that's pretty hard. I know that's hard for some people I know. Um, I like, FaceTime, I like FaceTime dating by the way, because that's how my wife and I got together. Cause really? she, we went on like a couple dates and then she immediately got, cast in something and moved to like South Carolina for six months. And on our third date, she said, look, um, I, if you don't want to go, she called me like five minutes before I was leaving. If you don't want to go on this date, I just got cast in something. I'm going to South Carolina. I would understand if you don't want to go on this date. And I was like, let's go on the date. And we totally, it was great. And then we had to get to know each other via FaceTime. And the thing that I think was always beautiful about that is because it took any of the physical stuff out of the equation, we had to get to know each other. And yeah. I, I'm always so thankful for that. I, I see it as like the greatest gift of our relationship that we had to get to know each other via FaceTime. It was, yeah. so by the time we did, we were around each other. It just, everything just felt right. It was really nice. I love that. And that's what I said to one of my friends. I was like, just set up a few FaceTime dates. And the great thing is if you develop a really good rapport with someone, it might just be a friendship. It might be whatever it is, but great relationships are born out of friendships. And if it's a horrible date, you don't even have to come up with an excuse. You can just hang up the phone. <laughs> You're like, oh, I really have to be somewhere. <laughs> that's what Tinder should do is add like a video chat element to it so that people can... Yeah, and then just hang up and block and move on. I mean, <laughs> and then they then they have no idea. They never, they could never find you. That would be that would be amazing. That would be well, in a way, depending on how you like to date, um, that might be a better a better way to do it right now. Absolutely. Um, well, there's someone in our neighborhood, and I and they're they're renting the house, uh, and they keep having parties. I'm like, where the fuck? Are these people no. living there or are they just coming over every day? But how they're, they're people, always. How many people it, are going to the parties? It's not massive, but it's probably like six to 10. And so we can't. Cutting it close on the social distancing regulations. Seriously, yeah. I, I, so I don't, I mean, listen, I don't want to be a Gladys Kravitz type and be a nosy neighbor and be like, what are you kids doing over there? But at a certain point, it sort of feels like, guys, what? You, are you watching zero news? What the fuck are you doing? Out over the fence. You guys are keeping it under 10 over there, right? <laughs> I know. It'll be the cranky old neighbor. I'm, I'm literally going to turn in to get off my lawn. and Oh, I'm already. I have some people across the street from me that are always playing beer pong. and playing <laughs> and I don't complain about parties. I let them do what they want. But sometimes I'll shout at them from the deck when I have friends over. I'll be like, what are you guys doing down there? to entertain ourselves and these kids they're like 23 they're like oh, what is this old woman screaming at us for <laughs> wine and she's yelling at us for her own amusement yeah i don't know though because it, it i always used to i always used to say like oh god i never want to be the shouty neighbor i never want to be an old person but now as i am getting older i sort of feel like i kind of like it because i just don't care as much like i cared so much when i was in my 20s 
and I just don't care as much. Now. I still care, but just not sure. as much. And that feels really nice. Right. As long as I do it ironically. I haven't had a situation where I've had to really be angry at a neighbor. My neighbors are pretty respectful. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's so good. I'm not officially like, get off my lawn. I'm not there yet. And now we pause to thank this sponsor for this episode of the ID10T podcast, which is Old Spice and their line of hair products. Now you can either get a pomade, a putty, or a styling gel. I'm a hair putty guy. I like the hair putty because, listen, I have, uh, I have like, uh, Capellini hair, which is very fine, straight, doesn't do anything. And it's certainly during the quarantine, it's just getting longer and longer because, you know, no haircuts. And um, I like a hair putty because it's like a high hold. There's like a matte finish, so it doesn't look wet. Um, and it, it gives a good shape, but it's not overly, it doesn't look overly styled. You can kind of like do that thing that I like to do. Well, I don't know. You can do whatever you want, but I like to do the, uh, you know, I, I find as I'm getting older, I don't look as much like I just rolled out of bed. I used to do like high, what I call strategically disheveled, but now I just like to give it a little texture and the, uh, the putty that Old Spice makes is great. It just comes in a great little red jar. Uh, and it's, it's a very satisfying, it's a very satisfying texture, uh, that it'll put in your hair. And again, matte finish. So it's not too shiny looking. Listen, your hair says a lot about you. Uh, and Old Spice hair putty can make it say the right thing. So go ahead. You can get that wherever Old Spice products are sold, or you can just go to uh, oldspice.com and look it up, oldspice.com slash putty. Or if you're a styling gel or a pomade person, then you can take those avenues as well. I am not the hair judge of you. I'm not your hair police, uh, nor will I be. So no is the answer. I will not be that for you. So go check those out. And thank you so much to Old Spice for sponsoring this episode of the ID10T podcast, which we now glide seamlessly back into like a matte finish high hold hair putty. But let's talk about, let's talk about non-virus uh, related stuff. What, are, so first of all, are you, are you auditioning for stuff from home right now? Are productions still like trying to gear up or is everything just on pause? No, I mean, I was attached to two films and a show um, and they're all on hold. One got canceled and then um, the other two are on hold. So, I mean, um, I'm not auditioning for anything at the moment. I think there was this initial like sort of thing in Hollywood, like of like, okay, let's, but then you really have to readjust to what does the world look like now? And mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. And look, my parents are lawyers and I, I, I had a boyfriend who's, who's a lawyer. So I, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but I have enough understanding that there's liability issues if you try to put something back into production. So right. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know at what point we'll be given the green light by, by various governments and whatever, you know, like, cause these things shoot all over the place. But, um, when is it safe to put a group of people back together? We all know a set is it's a, it's a lot of people and you have to look out for the, I'm, I've always been, you always have to look out for the well being of everybody. And, um, it could be a chaotic place, um, anyway, sometimes, and then if everyone has an additional fear of getting sick or th- these kinds of issues, you don't want to go into production if that's um, still a threat. So I don't know if that looks like the fall or if that can co- if that's 
too quickly or, you know, who knows. Um, but at the moment, I, I, there's no productions happening and I can't see legally anyone sort of ramping that back up until it's until we know yeah and of all businesses too we we i feel like there's so much proximity the 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 week before like the week leading up to the big quarantine i I work on a show that we decided to call like no we should we shouldn't do this because we realize like everyone's like you, your makeup people are all and then getting mic'd and then all the crew, like everyone's just so smushed together all the time. It's not like you can distance on a production. It's, it's nearly impossible. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a situation where there's a new set of rules drafted up and they find some sort of legal way to, but I don't even, you know, I think that it's, it's a really tough situation. I've thought about that. I, I don't know what it looks like. I know that now people are going more to what does it did, what does the digital space look like? What productions, how can we, um, sort of switch the model a little bit so that everyone can make money and stay on their feet if this goes on for a year or two. Um, so look, you know, um, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely not, I, I, I don't know that I'll be back to work and this year, you know, I, I just want to pitch this out there to the business in general, but mm-hmm. I think this could, this could really, uh, I'll just throw a name at you and then you see how it sits with you. Hazmacting, where everyone just acts in hazmat suits. And we just accept that everyone's in hazmat suits. It's not really a part of the story, but everyone's just in hazmat suits the entire time. And we just accept that this was the period of time where we made those those productions. I That's great. I like that. That's a world I want to live in. Look, I think, you know, as long as you, maybe like having that, you know, it'll... It'll be like putting Vaseline over the lens. I'll look, you know. <laughs> Everyone will have like a sneeze guard, but on their face, like just like exactly. a, roaming, a roaming sneeze guard. Wouldn't have to wear as much makeup. You wouldn't have to emote as much. No one would really be able to tell what was going on on your face. Absolutely. Um, I love that idea. I mean, there's something there. There's something there's there. Something there. I don't know what it is, but it's like this is how we adapted to this. Everyone just put on these things. We didn't reference them, and we just understood that this is what we had to do for this particular period of it. Maybe this is the time where we need to be pitching to like, you know, the Blumhouses of the world. Like, hey, I got this script. Everyone's in a hazmat suit the entire movie. Oh wow. Okay, great. You know what I mean? Like it. It. It sort of. It works. It's like these are the ways that we have to work around this shit. How are we going to get our hands on hazmat suits? God damn it. I didn't think that far. Shit. I didn't think, I didn't think anyone was going to like the idea to begin with. So I hadn't really planned I mean, on I it. I like it so much, but now I'm concerned about the shortage. We can't take it away from hospitals. That would be No, bad. that's right. We can't take it away from hospitals. So, um. Lauren would be morally not right. DIY home tutorials, how to make a hazmat suit with yes. common kitchen household items in yes. your home. Yes. This is a series of problems that we First, have to solve. You get a spatula. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know what the. I think that there'll be. I think that there will be a lot of creativity and and art that comes out of this. I think that um, that uh, there there will be there will be 
something good that comes out of it. Um, I know there are people that, you know, people are writing and they have different kinds of things that they're writing about. And I think that the way that we, I think it might, I think digitally people will have more of an opportunity to get their names out there, their, their ideas out there. Um, so it's not all negative, but, um, you know, again, there's nothing really positive about the situation. So it's no, no, just trying to to balance that. Like, like we're trying to find the positive in this with, wow, this is really shitty. You know, it is, it is. But I think, you know, the unfortunate, uh, the unfortunate other option is like, if we wallow in how shitty it is, then everyone will just give up, you know? So it's like, how do you spin gold out of shit? I, I don't, you know, like it's, obviously there are going to be those days where you're just like, it's all shit and this is fucking terrible. And I have to turn the news off because I can't take it. And then those other days where you're like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to knit. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the, 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 that's all the best we can do to survive. Do you, do you write, do you do, are there other things that you do to, um, you know, to fulfill the creative itch? Um, I write a little bit just for myself. Um, and it's not, I don't write scripts. It's more just like, you know, like um, morning pages. Have you ever heard of yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that kind of thing. And then I do write some stuff that's more just for myself. Um, I play the piano. So I've been going on Instagram live and playing the piano. I'm How long have you been doing that? I've been playing since I was a kid, since I was about six. But then I stopped, you know, when I discovered alcohol and boys and then <laughs> I, I started again when I, you know, grew out of that. Um, so, um, I, I, I'm a, I'm a decent pianist, but what I really want to use this time as an opportunity to sit down and really learn something fully, like sit down and do it the way that I used to, where you learn bar by bar, note by note, print the sheet music out and really, um, uh, learn a piece. So I'm, I'm trying to do that. Um, and that's, that's good. And, you know, having these two girls living with me is incredible. Cause even we'll make stupid videos. Like we just made a video, um, with my dog, who's the best actor in the whole video. And <laughs> it turns out <laughs> stupid enough. I'm sure we'll post it on the internet, but you know, it's, it's really great to have to one's an actress and one's an assistant writer and she, you know it's just it's nice to have two people who are so funny and so creative and that really helps because we just sort of talk about different ideas we have and work on things together and even if it's silly and not going anywhere it, it helps sort of um scratch that itch uh, that's I'm nice older. i would love to talk about piano because i started taking lessons about 13 months ago you did? I did. And how do you how do you feel? I fucking love it. I mean, I you know, even if I have like 10, 15, 20 minutes in a day, I'll just go down and noodle a little bit. I have a I have a piano teacher. We've been FaceTiming every Friday. No way. Good for actually, you. Actually, Zoom. We do Zoom because the audio is better. Yeah. Right. So it's great actually. I actually prefer it because on Zoom. I have, you know, I have it facing my keyboard and she's on her piano too, which she can say, oh, you know, do this or do this. And so it's so much actually better than when she's here just standing over me because she can play along with me or illustrate what she's talking about. And I love it. 
And do you feel like, was there a point or have you not reached that point where you feel like, oh, I really understand this? You know what I mean? Like where it just clicks and you totally. can and just play and it's like more, it's because it's quite meditational playing the piano actually. Uh, yes. I don't think I've reached that point yet. Okay. Um, it still feels, I mean, it, what I'm really understood, what I'm really trying to learn, what I know that I need to learn now is I really need to understand music theory so much better because you can learn a piece, but then it's like learning a phrase book from another language versus learning the language. And so I'm, I'm just starting to, cause I'm trying to learn the peanuts theme, which is, I love, but it's very jazzy because it's very percussive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff on half beats and, uh, and so, but now I'm starting to go, Oh, this is just, this is just an E flat seven over this whole song is mostly just D D flat, E flat, D flat, E flat. And now that I understand that, it's just given me a shorthand for the song. That doesn't mean I can get it into my hands, but I understand it better. Right. Were you, did you do a lot of music theory? Yeah, I, I studied, I was classically trained and very, yeah, there's the part of me that isn't that I'm trying to work on now and get more comfortable with is, um, I think I learned so technically that I, I, didn't develop the muscle of understanding it that mm-hmm. well. So that's, if that makes any sense. I don't know if that's yes. exactly the right way to explain it, but um, I'm starting to work on that more. Um, but I can read music and, and um, I, I, I just want to learn how to sort of write my own stuff a little bit more. That's uh, fantastic. That makes me so happy. What are you playing? Like, what are you, what's, what's in your sort of repertoire that you're proud of and what's the, What's the next level that you're that you want to learn? Well, look, I mean, I can play like some Beethoven and some Mozart. I can play like the Moonlight Sonata, and there's some stuff that you know sounds impressive. But that's really, I I want to, so like right now I'm learning Piano Man. Like I'm trying to really learn Piano <laughs> Man. And, uh, that's really fun, and I'm trying to learn um, like p- some you know pop music and put it on the on the piano. So there's different songs that I love that I'm trying to, um, and then my roommate will sing along with me. We're not doing it because we have the most amazing voices, but it's just, it's just fun. And I think it's a really, you know, it's a really, it's something that I, I, it's a perfect thing to do now. I mean, it's, there's no excuse. So it's great. And it really relaxes me. I find it to be very like meditational. That's fantastic. So just, because we have this basic understanding that everything that's going on right now is really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep reiterating that so it doesn't sound like I'm saying it's rad. We thought but, things were bad. Well, But I do think that the most amazing things like unlock in our lives when we do things for ourselves, like we do things that are really for us. And, and the thing about our business, our collective entertainment business, is that we consciously or unconsciously tend to chase things that a lot of times we're like being a version of ourselves for other people or chasing things. It's like, Oh, I don't know if I really want to do that, but I think I should, or I don't. And now we're really sort of forced to be with ourselves and be like, what do I, what am I passionate about? And what do I love? And I think as you're exploring these things, even if it's the videos with your dog or the piano or whatever, it legitimately could unlock something that is so beyond anything that you ever would have imagined before, because you're exploring your, the depths of your creative self. And I think that's, that is a really exciting thing 
again, nestled in this, you know, cupcake of shit. <laughs> but I do think that, uh, that, that that's a really fun idea and something that I would recommend to people who are feeling anxious, you know, find that thing. Right. Yeah. I think, look, I mean, the other side of this, and it, it certainly depends on, you know, everybody is in a different position, but I think that there's a level of mental health awareness that we have to have of how are we taking care of ourselves? Are we taking care of the people around us? What can we do to, because the stress and anxiety and um, fear is, is so it's like, look, whatever that is, art or calling someone, whatever it is that can help. And if it means sitting down, turning the news off and playing the piano for an hour, and that's the healthiest thing I can do today, that's sort of what I've been trying to um, do. And that is positive, you know, so, but. um, And those videos, by the way, are going to help distract people in a positive way too. You know, when you put out those. Sorry to interrupt, but no, no, you watching Chrissy Teigen and John Legend and their Instagram lives? No, what are they doing? Oh my God, the most brilliant things I've ever seen. I, I, you want to be, you want a moment to escape. Um, I think it was yesterday or the day before they did a wedding on their beachfront property for um, their daughter's stuffed animals, <laughs> and John Legend sang, and Chrissy Teigen did a speech, and there were guests. and they set up the whole chairs and there were flowers and the whole thing it was it was absolutely incredible i no instagram live compares yeah Uh, that's the thing is i like she's so good at social media and i like i'm almost intimidated like fuck i don't know if i you hear about stuff like that and you're like i don't know if i'm good at this because that is how you're supposed to use yeah, it makes, makes you want to give up. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm playing a terrible rendition of Piano Man on Instagram Live. Like, <laughs> Where's our stuffed over, animal wedding? Why don't you just head over to Chrissy Teigen's Instagram Live and call it a day? Because <laughs> we're, we're all just going to start making little jingles for Chrissy Teigen's Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, it is it is escapism. Chrissy Teigen knows how to do it perfectly, and you know, um, I have yet to do anything as entertaining. I, I found sometimes too that when when you get in your own head, you know, anxiety is a lot about just living in your own head, you know, mm-hmm. and just go getting into loops and catastrophizing and, you know, and sometimes I find that like, if you just call someone and you just talk, you ask them how they are and you kind of like work on them, it takes you out of your head and helps them at the same time. And that that can break that cycle a bit as well, rather than you know, um, just sitting at home and focusing on how bad things can get, like really helping someone gets you out of your head. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a trap because we tend to be, people tend to have various levels of obsessiveness and they have different things that they feel are comforting them. And, and I think getting into the news or into the, um, the, misery of all this and the what could be and the what is and you know some people are facing really 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 real stuff and I have friends who you know they're they're facing really really real stuff and and that's a different story but if you're just sort of sitting around and and I find this in myself it's like you can scroll through those articles and and watch the news for hours and you'll drive yourself nuts you do have to find a way to disconnect 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree because I, you know, my mom's in the high risk group and she lives alone and she doesn't even live that far, but like, I can't go see her because I just don't want to, you know, like, yeah. I, and, and so I, I, you know, I talk to her every day and just make sure she's okay. And so all I can do is say like, well, is she okay today? Yeah, she's okay today. All right. I guess that's as good as I can hope for, you know, right. don't make yourself sick with worry, you know? Um, and that's something I've had to learn through life. And this is a really, I mean, it's a good lesson in the sense of through my life. It's like, what am I really worrying about? What the, the worst case scenarios, especially like, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in life and when you need to be aware and be enough on edge that you aren't unprepared, but you also have to know when it's time to, at least I find this for myself. Everyone has their own way of doing it, but you know, I have to find my ways of being okay. Everything's okay in this situation, this one, this one, this is what I need to worry about, but I have to compartmentalize that a little bit, at least for a moment. Otherwise I'm going to literally make myself sick. Um, And um, that's, that's, you know, that's, it's a hard thing to do, but, um, it's important. Yeah. I mean, do you find that, um, that the, that what comes along with sort of the creative pursuits is also that sort of creative magical thinking of like weaving all these crazy complex things that could happen? Is that just all part and parcel of the creative brain? Maybe. I mean, leaving all this pandemic stuff aside, just in life, the way, you know, I've been acting since I was 12 and that it became more serious when I was 16, as far as like, oh, this is something I probably want to do with my life. And there's a tremendous amount of magical thinking and absurdity that goes into that. I mean, um, and there's a million different outcomes and they do affect your life. And it's like profoundly and, um, getting this job, not getting this, this, whatever, you know, it's just, you have to, um, you do tend to lean towards like thinking of every possible scenario when making the kinds of decisions that I make now about work or in the past about what would happen if I didn't or did or this, or so it's a little, you get a little OCD, you get a little like a baseball player who, you know, has to do their rituals before they hit the, you know, before thing. it's like, there's so much that's out of your control. You feel like you, there's some, some way to control something is to overthink everything. Right, right, right. And so you can, you can, you sort of get a little bit, um, you do get a little, you can spin out sometimes. <laughs> it's just a weird, it's a re- weird career to go into um, because of the level of uncertainty. Same as a baseball player getting up to, you know, hit a ball which is yep. apparently from what I've heard, the hardest thing to do in sports. Well, yeah. Oh, so, okay. So th- sort of bouncing off that idea, I really need some advice because what you're talking about is that sort of performance anxiety. Yeah. And I cannot play piano in front. I, like I've posted one or two piano videos. I can get something down. I turn that camera on. It's like, fuck, Oh, I still have that problem. I have that problem in auditions still. It used to be a lot worse. That's just going to be a matter of getting your confidence up. I mean, it's all about confidence. So it's just going to be a matter of time. Okay. 
Oh, so patience. Okay, patience. Right, right, right. Patience. Yes, that thing. Um, <laughs> that annoying thing. Yeah, no, but I think it's all about confidence. So, I mean, if, you know, like, when do you feel the most confident? Is it after a couple glasses of wine and then you can sit down and put Instagram live on? And Because it is. It's a weird thing. Once the camera turns on, you do get self-conscious. It's a whole other thing. I, I started... Um, playing guitar in my stand-up like a year ago and I was terrible because again you can practice 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 but getting in front of people or having someone go okay you're on is a whole other like I don't my hands don't work I don't know what thing I don't know what notes are anymore like it just it all just goes out and I have not found a way to supersede that process it just seems like I think you just have to like futz your way through it I am not the way to, the person asked my my stage fright was and still is horrendous, but was really, I mean, I used to get up in front of people. I, I could do a scene alone in my room, you know, yeah. and then the second you get up to go do your screen test, you're shaking and you can't yeah. for your lines. And it's like, God damn it. Why is my body betraying me like this? <laughs> like, I know I can do this, which makes a lot of art just about confidence and about getting, you know, and you have to sometimes fail many times to get to a point where you can get in front. And still there's days I get in front of a camera um, and the first couple takes, I'm like, all right, I need, you know, um, <laughs> I wouldn't be very good at theater. No, I think with theater, <laughs> it's, I think that the, the amount, that's the thing that's beautiful about theater, which I, I haven't done since I was a kid, but you rehearse so much and you spend weeks and weeks getting into every little bit of the character and every little word and what every word means and who your co-star is and who they are and and you have um and you have practice performances and you go and you do the whole thing and um you don't do that on a film you're sort of just thrown in and you get there and two days later you're you know um you're rolling and you just and there's a beauty to that because it creates sort of a you can find things that you didn't expect um, but you probably would have found them in rehearsal. But it does it does make you it, it it's it is a confidence thing. I think the more rehearsal I have, the 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 easier it is, which just again goes back to really understanding and knowing what it is you're doing. Uh, yeah, about whether you believe you can. I don't know. I I'm hesitant to tell the story because it might be totally apocryphal. But I heard a I heard a story that many years ago, Jeff Daniels and James Gandolfini were doing a play in front of people and they started a scene and they got a little way into it. And James Gandolfini goes, wait, wait, can we start the scene over? And Jeff Daniels goes, I guess we're going to now. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that I've never heard that story. I'm surprised that in the middle of a play that an actor would say, let's start again. That is a level of comfort. <laughs> At some point, I'm not, I mean, if he didn't feel it was going right, he's James Gandolfini. Let's go for it. Let's go for it and start over. Well, that's the thing is I'm, I'm almost tempted to start posting videos of, because it does, it does sort of uh, underscore the larger thing about Instagram, which is that we really are most of the time trying to portray this idealized version of everything This like wrapped up in a bow, you know, everything, the lighting and the oh, angle. Yeah, and, totally. Oh, it's and so, so I feel like I'm so obsessed with posting the perfect piano videos that I don't post a lot. And so I'm wondering, like, should I, A, just post the mistakes yeah. and with it, or B, just do a live stream where it's like, guys, I'm going to fuck a lot of things up. And that's just how it is. That is so funny that you say that. I was literally thinking about that today and yesterday. Like, what if I did a series on Instagram Live where I slowly learned a piece 
And that would I be fantastic. started out where, where they see the process and how terrible it is. And I was like, then I thought, and maybe I'm wrong. I was like, no one's going to want to watch. The people just want to see the finished prod- product. Um, but yeah, that did occur to me too. Like, look, like this is where I'm at in my process and not everything's perfect and I'm not, you know, Beethoven. So um, this is how hard it is. And this is the kind of, um, but yeah, we don't do that on Instagram. We post the finished product. We don't show the work that it took to get there. So I think that then um, that creates this bigger societal problem, especially for <laughs> young people. I can't imagine being a teenager right now. I think that um, all the time. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm so yeah. grateful I missed that just by like an inch. Yeah, I mean, it used to. you used to just feel bad about not fitting in with the people in your immediate class of however many you know just like a few dozen people whatever that was now it's like the fucking world like how do you compete with a fucked up idealized distorted version of the world and then weigh your you know unformed ego against that it just I can't even process how fucked up that would be if I were a teenager right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I think I would have really struggled with that. I'm grateful that that stuff didn't start blowing up till I was like in my mid twenties, I guess. But it, it, um, I, I find it to be all very, you know. Again, it's like I'm, I'm glad that people have things that you, you just, and I try to do this with my social media. I try, I run it all myself and I try to make it real. And, and, um, there's definitely stuff I'm proud of that I post on there, but you know, I try not to be too fake. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to post the first photo of me waking up in the morning because it's not always the prettiest sight, but it's like, you know, I, I do try to be as real as possible because I just think it, I just think it's not healthy to think that everything is gorgeous and perfect and every relationship is perfect and every job is perfect all the time. Like, you know, that's just not real life. No. And I mean, I, I always try to remind myself, I say this over and over and over again, I should fucking tattoo it on my forearm, but you know, there's no artistry in perfection. Like the perfect stuff is perfect. It's it's sort of like a piece of, you know, my wife and I, most of the stuff in our house is antique and it has, it's aged and it's had a stories. And it's like, to me, that's so much more interesting than a piece of machined furniture that is, you know, like e- e- that is perfect. Every square inch is perfect. Like I think this idea of embracing the flaws is great. And I, I I swear, if you started doing that, if you learned a piece along with people on Instagram, especially now, this is the perfect excuse to do that. I think people would love it. Maybe. Or they'd be like, oh, my ears. Well, then they don't have to listen. You know what I mean? Like, it's just for the people who get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I it's not a terrible idea. Or maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> but I think um, I might try something like that. Do you play any, um, so later on, I want to find out like, cause now Instagram recommends almost entirely guitar and piano videos to me. So I'm <laughs> curious to find out like, and I always like, I don't have huge hands. Like I'm not a tiny person, but I'm not a tall person. I'm like a solid, I'm a solid speedy. You, you can reach a full octave, right? Like an octave in two notes or something. I can reach an octave. I can reach, um, I can reach uh, an octave plus, so I can reach a ninth, but so you're I can be fine. Almost a ninth, maybe, but like it's a little bit of a reach. But but then you see these kids who are like you know eight years old just ripping up and down the keyboard. I'm like, God damn it! Like how? Oh, 
I haven't seen any of that. If I saw any of that, I would give up the piano entirely. I don't need to see that. <laughs> I don't need to see an eight-year-old doing that. That's too much for me. Do you have a favorite composer? Um, I mean, it's just, I really like, I really like Debussy. I really mm-hmm. like, um, I love Beethoven. I mean, he was totally nuts and totally, you know, on another level. Um, and his music reflects that. It just clearly comes out of his id. I mean, right. it's like that you listen to that and you're like, oh, you feel something, you know, that you didn't know you could even feel. Um, at least I do. Um, and then, you know, sometimes little Mozart's good for the right times. But um, yeah, I mean, Beethoven was just, I mean, he was such a nut. If, he, if I had to, I would love to have lunch with Beethoven. <laughs> and just find out. Well, he I, could. He, I just, I'm just fascinated by like how nuts he was, and how brilliant. I mean, I always, I always wonder, like, would you want to be that brilliant if what came along with it was pain? Yeah, yeah no, I don't think so. No, I don't think I'm it'd be very worth it. happy being not a genius and <laughs> mediocrity. I am too, because yes, his name lives on for you know centuries, but he's dead, so he doesn't know that. So it just meant that his life was you know like turbulent, and and I and that, I that was his purpose. Like there was nothing else that man that man lived, and he he was so driven to play the piano and create music. And, you know, it was like he couldn't survive without it. And that's his level of genius and brilliance. And um, I'm always fascinated by that kind of thing. But yeah, I can't imagine it's very pleasurable or maybe it is. Maybe having that kind of purpose does, you do derive some sort of pleasure from it, you know? Or at least there was an outlet. Yeah, but it was part of his ritual. Chopin was the same, that he was, he had health problems his whole life. Mm-hmm. And just like these really fucking turbulent, a turbulent relationship with someone, this sort of like on again, off again relationship with someone. And it's like, was he happy? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But it's that, but that idea of when you look at his music, he's my, he's my fave. When you look at his music, someone posted a meme of it on some like classical Instagram. And it was like every Chopin piece and the top frame was just Kermit the Frog standing normally. And then the second frame was all of a sudden Kermit, it's like a blur with a machine gun Ugh. because all of his pieces are like calm, 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 fucking insane. And then calm, 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 calm. Right, right, And is, right. That, is that like, was that like his emotional journey every day where it's like calm, 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 fucking bananas, you know, were they, was, were those pieces the purest expressions of what it was like for them to navigate their daily lives? The suddenness of it, right. I mean, I don't know if it's that exactly or if it's that, you know, if it's a sort of reflection of, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it could, I mean, like even doing a scene or the way that we write or, you know, um, there's always some a moment of, or moments of extreme tumultuousness in, in anything artistic. Um, and um, there is sort of, if you do a big scene where you have to cry and scream and have this unpleasant thing that you have to live in and, and it can be quite painful and unpleasant and go on for hours and, and you get offset and you're, you're crying and you feel, you feel totally 
um, exhausted and you've had your body's been put through this experience of crying and screaming and whatever, and you've had to do it a million times, there is at the same time a sort of level of there's a degree of satisfaction with um, that and having put that out there or gotten that out, even though it wasn't pleasant to sort of go through, there's a weird, so maybe these people had, uh, maybe, you know, there is that kind of satisfaction in creating art, even if it's really difficult or painful art, or you have sort of, it comes from a place of pain. Maybe that's the best way to express your pain. You know, I don't know. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, um, if that's how Mozart lived, I mean, look what we got out of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's very true. I mean, it is, you know, I'm, I'm sure there must have been some satisfaction in being able to, you know, in their case, like, you know, spin gold out of shit. Like they, uh, it, they, it, it must have been a really strange, I can't even fathom what the existence was like that kind of almost Olympic grade, you know, training, training from the earliest age, and that's just what they do. That is what they do. They live it. They breathe it. It's not like there's a ton of other options, you know, and, but they, there must've been satisfaction in being able to get it out, get it out and, and express it in that way. And I often, I, you know, we listen to music and we might think, Oh, that's really pretty or, Oh, that, you know, but how often do we stop and go, I wonder what they were going through emotionally when that, you know, like, what was that? trying to express or what you know what sort of fuck it's like when you hear birds chirping you go that's really pretty and you're like and then and you know an ornithologist will go no no they're fucking murdering each other you're like oh god i had no idea that's it just sounded nice to me you know yeah i mean um do birds sound lovely when they're murdering each other? <laughs> well, just like like when they're, you know, like the same chirps to us sound like, oh, the birds are singing. It's like, are they singing or is it a battle cry, you know? Right. Or is it like right. a desperate... It's like, oh, it's so beautiful. Like yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, look, I think like, I think that, that there, it is a weird thing that you have to go through some degree of suffering or be suffering to create. I don't think that that's necessarily true, but I think that it is true that a lot of art comes out of people's pain or people's suffering or, um, I like that. I like that. That's a nice addendum. I mean, like, you know, I was reading, um, I was rereading animal farm and, and, you know, George, like 1984 is one of my, I mean, that guy, George Orwell is so, he, but he clearly went through incredible pain and saw a lot of suffering to be able to write about it so well. Um, so, look, I don't know. Pain is part of being alive, I guess. Well, it is, and it, and it, and that's. But that's a nice addendum to the you know, because I I have talked to a lot of creative people who have said like, oh, if I quit quit drinking, will I not be funny anymore? Will I not be creative anymore? And so the idea that you have to have pain or you have to have something to create, I think is a superstition. So I like the idea that you don't have to have it, but if you do, you can do something creative with it, which is a nice way to, because it just sort of opens up the field. Like, well, I don't have to make myself suffer to create things, but if I am suffering, I can create something as well. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting that you bring up the comedian thing because it is sometimes people, it's like, I, I, 
you know, I, that's, it, 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 I can imagine that it's scary if you've had a tremendous amount of success with a certain kind of pain and then you're like, oh, I, now I'm in a position to get rid of this. Yeah. There's actually a weird fear there um, that your artistry will be robbed. I don't know. That's, it's, it's, it's a weird concept. Do you write your own music as well or do you, do, have you, have you tackled that? I play around, um, but I don't write it down. I just sort of play around for myself. Um, but no, I don't, I don't write anything. If I would like to get to that point where I feel like I could sit down and actually um, write something that feels like a real song to me, but I haven't gotten to that point. So who are some of the people I'm going to pull up Instagram? Cause I have a couple people that I think you would love if you aren't already following them. Um, there's a guy, I think he might be in Brazil. His mm. name is Lord Vinatero. And he has these <laughs> amazing, he has a great Instagram, but his YouTube channels are incredible. He plays, but he stares deadpan at the camera while he's playing. And his playing is like... How do you, how do you spell it, Lord? V-I-N-H-E-I... T-E-R-O. His Instagram is good, but his YouTube channel is insane. It's oh, I just pulled him up. He is he is absolutely He's amazing. Very serious. Oh look, yeah. here he is the giant fish. That's random. <laughs> it's just literally like eight photos of him playing the piano, and then there's just him with a fish. Yeah, he does these great videos on YouTube, like, you know, eight sad songs you knew but don't know the name of, and he'll just sort of play like uh, along with them. He's, he's legitimately oh, funny. That's but also, what I wish I could do. That's so funny. I just followed him. Yeah. 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 He's great. I mean, that was the other thing too, is I thought, Oh, maybe I could steal that model and just play the pieces of songs that I know in a montage. Maybe that's, that's the- not a bad idea because people will think you can play the whole song and they will think you're way better than you are. But then I also feel like he does that because he's just trying to condense them all in the one video. I would do that because of sheer lack of skill and sure. you know, and ability. Sure. Yeah. Um, what uh, What are you up to? Like, uh, do you have you kind of gotten yourself into a routine each day? Do you like routines? Do you need that kind of structure, or are you sort of good with whatever? I need structure, but luckily I'm very good at 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 creating structure for myself because I'm usually unemployed somewhere between four and six months out of the year. Okay. Pending on my schedule. So I do have a keen ability to, to create structure, but normally that involves going out into the world. Like I go right. to my yoga class and my acupuncture and I go to the dog rescue place and I, you know, whatever. So because that's not available, my day, my morning schedule looks something like get up, have breakfast, take a shower. And that sounds so stupid, but you'd be amazed by how many days I wake up and none of that happened. And I'm still in my pajamas and I haven't done anything and I haven't eaten and I'm wondering why I don't feel right. And it's the whole thing. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a matter of like me and my roommates waking up and we, we try to, you know, just have the normal day routine. Yeah. Um, and then um, we've started making our videos and trying to do one thing every day that's creative. And um, But other than that, we try not to put too much pressure. <laughs> Guess what? We don't have to. I was even like, even just brushing my teeth 
this morning. I was like, you know, the power of just making yourself brush your teeth in the morning when you don't have to is very uh, good. It's a very positive thing because it sends a subtle message of like, I give a shit. You know, it's like you're telling yourself you give enough of a shit even when you don't. Even yeah. when it's like, well, I'm not going to go out. No one's going to see me. Like yeah. even just taking a shower, brushing your teeth, putting on like real pants and shoes, like all those things I think really do help because it does signal to your body like normal. And you realize I, I now every time I brush my teeth, I'm like, I don't normally do this for long enough. And I'm like, <laughs> I have no excuse now not to floss, not to do the water pick, not to do the whole thing, really get the back teeth, like... There's no excuse. Like, it only takes two minutes. We're not 30-seconding it here. No, because like, we're literally not in a hurry anymore. There's yeah. nothing to hurry about. Exactly. So it's like, this is how I should be washing, brushing my teeth. And, yeah. And obviously, hand-washing is a whole thing. And Yeah. Um, like, really taking time with the basic necessities of getting pride out of like, wow, I really floss my teeth today. I'm really, that was an accomplishment. Like, <laughs> Yay, me. That would never be an accomplishment. Uh, here's another here's another piano account uh, this this one this guy this guy's just a straight ahead the most insane his hands are the most insane things i've ever seen it's uh levi dot s c t mm. it's just insane me i'm just kidding wow that's really incredible Oh, here he is playing the piano with a toilet paper roll. Yes, that was funny. That the playing with the toilet paper roll was really funny. He was, he, I think, he was playing a Chopin piece with that. And uh... yep. wow, that's that's impressive. Well, look, I mean, I wish I was that good. <laughs> what can I, say? I just watch their hands and I just look at how relaxed they are playing the craziest, fastest and thing. Confident. It is. Someone heard Rachmaninoff practicing once and they said that they were struck by how excruciatingly slow he practiced. It was oh, sure. slow and it's so hard because you, you just have the urge to like... You want to tear it up. But see, that's why I don't think that an Instagram live videos of me slowly learning a piece is going to, anyone's going to watch that. It's excruciating to hear and watch someone learning a piece of music. Yeah, but you're funny. Like you'll fill in the gaps with like messing around. You know what I mean? It's like, sure, yeah, I'll you know, I don't think I'm at a skill level where I could pull it off. I think it legitimately would be excruciating. I have uh, to do it in like a bikini or something. I can't imagine that anyone would be interested. It, 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 I, I mean, it is, it is, there is something painful about watching someone hit the wrong notes and especially on a classic piece, it's, it can be so like, oh my God, just hit the right note. The brain needs to hear the right note and um, it can be quite painful. Should we, we should, as we're like, we're still, you know, a handful, we're still kind of winding this down now, but we should talk about the movie that you have that is out. Right. Is, is it out now or is it about to come out? Coming out on April 10th. April 10th. Yes. Um, it's called We Some in the Darkness. Yes. Um, me, Johnny Knoxville, Keen Johnson, Amy Forsyth, Maddie Hassan, a bunch of people, Logan Miller, um, Austin Swift. Um, and we aimed, it was, I've worked with some of the team before the writer, one of the producers and directed by this guy, Mark Myers. This is all sort of boring to everyone, isn't it? The point is 
we 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 did what we sought out to do and i'm really proud of the movie and i think it turned out really well it did the horror film circuit before coronavirus struck and and uh got really good reviews out of um all the horror festivals it went to it's a comedy horror and and it, we really did what we wanted to do it's fun i think it's a perfect quarantine activity um and uh and um i i'm proud of it and i highly encourage everyone to check it out that's fantastic are you a you i feel like you must be a horror fan because you've done no. horror movies I do horror movies, but I I get too scared. I can't handle them. And <laughs> as I've gotten older, I can't watch anything scary. I can't watch anything. I I can pretty much stick with comedies, romantic comedies. I've become such a baby. I can't watch anything <laughs> involving war, anything involving. I'll be in them. I'll sure. be in any of them, surely. Yeah. But um, I have trouble watching them. I need everything to be sort of spoon fed to me gently these days. So I totally agree. I mean, I like I I can't watch like real. I I, I need my life. Wife, my wife and I watch almost exclusively horror. She's a ma- like a horror fanatic. Also loves romantic comedies, but just as a horror fanatic. But I need a layer of separation of like something supernatural or weird. Mm-hmm. So, but so like real drama, I just can't do it. But if there if there is a vampire or a zombie or something, I'm totally in because it's enough separation for me. Do you guys watch like Rick and Morty? A thousand percent. A yes. thousand percent. I mean, I, we've seen the, every episode a hundred times. Did you guys watch the Tiger Show? Of course we did. Of course you watched the Tiger Show. Well, now we've reached the point of peak saturation where people either have seen the Tiger Show or are refusing to watch the Tiger Show because everyone won't stop talking to them about it. You know what I, I mean? <laughs> I was reading that there are people who are like trying to get Joe Exotic freed from jail and the, and the co-director came out and he was like, guys, you may have missed the point of everything. Like, don't just take it well, easy. But don't, didn't you find yourself sympathizing with him at some time? Do you see Cardi B came out and she said she wants him out of jail? Yeah. And it's like, God, love Cardi B. So that's a tough one. But it's like, you know, yeah, no, I think he did do some pretty bad stuff. But, you know, I think for some reason, out of all that cast of characters, you're kind of like, well, not as bad as the other ones or they're all so terrible i mean come on they're all awful like why should he be the only one to go to jail they should all be in jail or none of them should or something it is is kind of an interesting because especially like with the docuseries you know we do trick ourselves into thinking like well this is how everything happened and unfolded it is still an entertainment piece as much as it is a docuseries so it's like i'm always fascinated to know like what was the what was the day to day? Like what really, what was the full scope of events that we didn't see that just didn't make the cut or didn't make the, cause you know, when someone's making a documentary, they obviously have a point of view, even as much as they're trying to like, Hey, I'm just laying everything out there on bias. They still have to tell some kind of story that nudges you in certain directions. And so like, what is the real day to day? Like, even if, if the co-director is like, Hey guys, let's all take a break on this. Like maybe you didn't watch the same documentary that I made. Like, what are we not seeing? Well, I think for some reason people, I mean, the animal, animal abuse, I think was pretty horrific. Brutal. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that they showed some of that, but I think didn't show the worst of it. So I, you know, maybe to save people from the horror of, but I, I can't imagine people think like, oh, he didn't abuse his animal. Like those animals were obviously, um, you know, and it, it, it's 
but yeah, I mean, if you just look at it from like a, from a, from the, and the end of it really makes a, a really great point. It's like, no one at the end of the day cared about the tigers. It wasn't about the tigers. It wasn't about right. helping the tigers. It, no one, no tiger was doing any better because of any of this bullshit fight. This is about people. And that's right. so, and that's one of the reasons I'm an actress is I find people fascinating. People do horrible things to each other. They do horrible things to themselves. They do horrible things to the people that they love or are supposed to love. And, um, they don't even know why they're doing it and they find excuses to do it or reasons. And, um, this documentary is a perfect example of that where nothing that anyone was saying really even was real. They just were trying to find an excuse to justify right. the way they felt or the things they wanted or whatever. And maybe they didn't even know that they were doing it. I don't well, even also, like, calculate it in a lot of cases. Everyone had severe emotional damage that they were bringing this history. Every, almost every character had severe emotional damage that they, and well, trauma that they were bringing to the table on top of everything else. And these people aren't, it's not that they're stupid or that it's like, these, you're right. These people clearly came from incredibly difficult backgrounds. They were some, I mean, really not, weren't dealt the best hand in life. Not and, that it makes some of that stuff okay, but still, but it's just like, yeah. wow, you're just watching this car crash of trauma and emotional damage. And in some people's cases, like what happens when you aren't, when you don't, that's why mental health awareness is so important, but when you're not given the tools to work that shit out and maybe you start doing meth or you start doing something and then it just like, it just goes in a whole other fucked up direction. You're like, I want to own 200 baby tigers. <laughs> um, that direction. I mean, I can't fathom um, you know, I've had some fantasies about leaving town and buying a piece of land in Iowa and rescuing baby goats, but you know, you and my wife, tigers. I, that is so funny. I, that, that is so funny. We literally, one of her Christmas presents was I got her a goat, but it's staying at a dare at a goat farm. Oh, I love we, that gift. We couldn't have it here. And my wife's family has property in Central California, so we go up there every yeah. few times a year. And there's a dairy up there called Stepladder Creamery. They take exquisite care of their goats. And they're Spanish paying ones. for its food and its yes. care and its health care. And, and the goat is happy and running free and safe. And that's, yes. that's, that's what I should be doing. With <laughs> I should not be trying to take care of goats on my own i would <laughs> no it is, it is a little bit every once in a while she'll try to sneak in a could we get a goat and i'm like no because we can't have a goat in the hollywood hills area and because if we have one... on it and can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah now we could get the goats and be like no we're providing milk and cheese to the neighborhood in this time of crisis well, you know as long as you don't get a tiger i mean no we're not gonna get a tiger it is, yeah chickens though she's like we could have eggs every morning yet yeah, no we can't get a chicken either but the then, then you have the coyote issue i had a friend who had chickens and that's just horrific you it is it. horrific there are there is there are coyotes in the area but the tiger one it is sort of like a uh, it's. I don't know if you watch Don't Fuck With Cats, but this is sort of like Don't Fuck With Big Cats was the other, you know. But yeah. did you watch the other one? Did you watch I Don't Fuck With Cats? I did watch Don't Fuck With Cats. I know what it's about, but um, I did not watch it. They don't show, it's, the things that happen in that are horrific as well. They don't show it. It's still upsetting because they'll sort of like blur out the screen or you'll watch people's reaction to the videos. But the, but the journey of what this like ragtag group of internet 
people take to try to find someone with n- almost zero clues is pretty fascinating um, to watch it unfold. So I don't know if that kind of stuff is upsetting to you or you don't like watch murder documentaries, then maybe I'm obsessed with murders. Then it, then it, then it probably is. People have recommended it to me because I, I am very into murder documentaries and I don't know why that is, but um, I find them fascinating again, probably for the same reason of how the hell did this person get to this point? Yeah. Uh, But um, yeah, I mean, Tiger documentary blew my mind. I recommend it to everyone. Yeah, it's. It, I could tell like the day after it came out, like you know when you're looking at your Instagram feed and it's just full of memes about something, or you're like, yeah. you're like oh, oh I, I clearly slept through something. So I'm gonna I have to watch this. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this. I recommend Don't Fuck with Cats. Um, are there any other documentaries that any other crime stuff that you recommend that you're watching? We Some in the Darkness is not a documentary, but you recommend it. Crime involved, and I recommend it. Um, I recommend. I mean, I said Rick and Morty. I'm obsessed with. Um, yeah. Uh, what else have I been watching? I always draw a blank when I need to think of something to recommend. Investigation um, Discovery has a good offering of. of- I used to watch a lot of the first forty eight. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it in a while. That's about the first 48 hours after a homicide. It's mostly about homicide detectives and how they go about their business. And yep. you no, know, it's so weird that I'm not into horror films, but I'm like into this kind of stuff. It's, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but. Um, Forensic Files too. There's a second. Forensic scene. Files. Yeah. All that stuff. You know, I love all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I haven't been watching that kind of stuff lately. I've been watching a lot of cartoons, a lot of light stuff. Totally get it. Um, and just people who are crazily obsessed with tigers and the power it brings them. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to bug Justin Roiland because I'm sure everyone is, but it's like, could we just have all the Rick and Morty episodes now? Because that, because they just released, uh, they just released a short a couple days ago. Oh, I missed yeah. that. It's just a four minute short, and it's when incredible. The, when is the new season coming out? Didn't we just? I, they haven't said, uh, and every time I look it up to try to find out, they don't say. And so I think it's just like, a, it, it is almost like a weird Easter egg where all of a sudden it just shows up one day, you know, oh, like, oh, it's here, but I hope it's happen next week. That would be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to plug or promote or anything you want to say or any, like, no, anything? I mean, I've, let's see, I've plugged my new watch me play the piano on Instagram live show. Yes. Um, which is yes. not a show. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I do think people will enjoy We Some in the Darkness. I, I do encourage people to check that out. And I wouldn't tell people to watch a movie I really wasn't proud of. Um, unless I was contractually forced to. <laughs> <laughs> which has been the case in the past. So I really do like it. And um, yeah, you can check me out on Instagram, Alexander Daddario. And you can see me and my roommates go crazy over here. And I hope everyone's staying safe and stay inside and keep doing what you're doing. It's so important. It's making a huge difference. I'm I'm pulling you up now to follow you because I really want to see the piano stuff. I don't know if there's a ton on the feed. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, mostly it's just my dog. 
Yeah, mine has. I we got a puppy, so I've started posting a bunch of puppy stuff because uh, it's been. What kind of puppy? Wait he's I... called an otter hound. They're, it's an otter hound. Huh. They. Uh... <laughs> I've never heard of an otter hound. That's an amazing name for a. They were they they originally were bred to hunt otters. Oh, and, there you go. That makes sense. And so they so and they're aquatic. Like they have webbed paws, and they're they get big. Like he's. Probably between oh, forty and fifty so pounds. Cute. Yeah. Oh, here he is all talking. It's all about his farting. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm sorry that that happens. Oh, are you on my feet? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was did a whole post about how the dog won't stop farting. He was real gassy for the first few weeks that we had him, and it just <laughs> it would always hit like a sledgehammer, and uh, then he started kind of becoming aware of it, and so yeah. Uh, so this this is what I do in the time of quarantine. Cute. Yeah. Well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. I hope um I hope you all stay healthy and happy and hang in there and um and I'm very excited to see if you start posting piano stuff. I feel like I'm inspired to do it and just leave the mistakes in to just learn how to get better at it. Yes. I say why not. All right. Thank, Thank you, you Alexandra. Oh, by the way, Yes. You have the most Italian name in the world, which I love because my mom is Italian and I really prefer her maiden name to my last name. What is her maiden name? Well, they, it's Americanized. They pronounce it Facenti, but it should be Facente. It, oh, but, yeah. it's great. but when her grandparents immigrated, they which they Americanized it. So Yeah, my grandfather, he took, there was an apostrophe. There used to be an apostrophe in there and so they Americanized it. And you just took out the apostrophe? Right. That's right. That's really funny to trick people. There's no apostrophe. This American is apple pie. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week and uh, take care. Stay safe. Bye. You too. The end. ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.